Uh, you know, at this church, we, we try to keep what we say when we gather together, our teaching, uh, very accessible and broad, uh, so that if you're not yet a Christian and you're on that journey of exploring faith, that you can understand it, that it, you can get it, and that it means something to you. And that's what we try to do all the time. But you know, from time to time in our year, we need to kind of go a little bit more in-house, okay, and talk to what does it really mean to be a part of the Christian community. And so if you're not yet a Christian this morning, or you're on that journey of exploration, and you're not sure whether you're in to this thing or not, you can sit back and relax for the next 35, 40 minutes. Because this isn't really so applicable to you. But as you watch other people get a little more uncomfortable around you, you can sit back and say, I'm glad that's not me. Okay? But if you are thinking about maybe giving your life to Jesus and becoming part of His church, then you might want to just prick your ears open a little bit because actually this is what it means to be a part of this church here in Life Central. Okay, so that's what we want to do um, this week and next week. And then on the vision night, 20th and 21st, again, if you're just checking this church out or if you consider that you're a part of it or you want to be a part of it, come to the vision night because that's where we get to talk with a little bit more time and a little bit more depth about who we are and about the journey that we're on. But over the next two Sundays, I want to open up a couple of things about what does it mean to be part of this community of people, this church, and what, and what do bigger people look like? As bigger people carry weight. And in order to demonstrate that visually, I'm going to do something that I've done many times before, but some of you will have forgotten it, and some of you have never seen it, and so you're going to see it now. And because they do such an amazing job, our band, week in, week out, not only do, they get, do we get the privilege of being led in worship by them, but they get the privilege of acting in front of you all now. So would you welcome our band as they come and join me on stage? Thank you very much. And they look so excited and so happy about it. So if you want to take your positions. Now we need a couple of other people here. So Elliot, let's take you. Go on in, Adam, I'll have you as well. And, and Hannah, never do that on the front row. Put your head down so I don't look at you because you can come and help me as well. So a little round of applause. I saw what you did there. <laughs> so I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine, and I can't believe I did this at the first service, but I got my wife, I got my wife out on stage as well, okay? And then I turned around and I said, now, we'll pick the lightest person, and I went for Will. I'm all, I, honestly, you need to pray for me and my marriage, okay? But we are gonna use Will. I want you to imagine that Will represents the vision of this church. And when we all carry weight, something is gonna be amazing with that vision, okay? And I will show you what I mean. So here we go, all right? So all these guys and girls are gonna carry the weight of the vision of this church. Is he still there, all right? Do we have any disclaimer forms that we could just like get him to sign because I don't want to be sued or anything like that? So everyone, okay, carry weight here, carry weight, come on. Okay, yeah, you got, the, you got the nice end there. So the thing is, when everybody carries weight, what happens to the vision? We're able to carry the vision and take it forward. <laughs> We're able to bring it back this way. This is like the Keystone Cops or something. Okay, that's fine. Now, here's the thing. When everyone's carrying weight, the vision will go further faster. But what often happens in churches as well as other organisations is some people think, I don't want to carry weight. And so they drop their arms. So Adam's dropped his arms here. But from where you are, you can't see that. So it looks like he's carrying weight. And so then the vision can move and he's going to hang around because he likes hanging around with people that carry weight. All right? And he likes the benefit of it, and we're going to come back this way, but he's actually not carrying any weight. And then what happens is that Elliot also drops his hands as well. 
okay? And all of a sudden, these guys are feeling a little bit more nervous. But the vision can still be carried. Maybe not quite as quick as before, but then it can come back. Okay, now this guy here, because he's a musician and he's all creative, he's fed up of carrying weight. He just needs to be creative. He just needs to feel it. Do you know what I mean? Rather than do it, because he's a feeler, not a doer. So he said it was all right for me to say that. So he's dropped, he's dropped his arms. He still wants to carry, he still wants to be around people who are carrying weight. He wants to hang around with people who are carrying the weight. He's just not carrying any weight. So what's happening now is that as the vision gets carried, all right, you can see these guys are, and I can tell you this, they're starting to sweat a little bit. Because when everyone carries the vision, it goes further faster. When everyone carries the vision, everyone shares the load. But when we drop our arms and we don't carry weight, not only will it impede the vision, but also the guys who are carrying weight. Do you want me to finish this? Because you Okay, okay, I'm just talking here. So, and then Dan is then gonna drop his arms now. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. And then, then the vision, here we go. Okay, okay, and now Will's prayer life has suddenly gone up like that now. All right, I think you get the point. Let's put our hands together and say thank you for you guys. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. I hope you get that. I think it's such an important visual illustration. I've done it at lots of different places, lots of different countries as well. And the point is when everyone carries weight, things happen. But you see, what happens often in churches is that we want to be around people carrying weight and we want to receive the benefit of the weight that they carry, but we're not willing to carry the weight ourselves. And that's what we're going to open up this morning. Now, um, at this church, what, what, what we say, and we'll open this up much more at the Vision Night on the 20th or the 21st of uh, March, the Tuesday or the Wednesday night, same programme, both evenings. What we say at this church is, is we run a thing called ABC, okay? So A stands for attend. You can attend this church as long as you want and do nothing. You are really welcome. We have a really broad open door. You can hang around with us. You can come to stuff we do. We will love you. We will serve you as best as we can and you can attend forever. But... Having attended forever, you might at some point want to move on and belong, which is B. And the best way to belong here in a church like this is to get connected to a small group that we call life groups or to get involved in serving in some way. But as well as attending and belonging, and you can do that forever, you may at some point think, do you know what? I want to carry more weight. I actually want to go to C, which is commit. And we used to use the language, and we still use the language up to this point, of that means becoming a member. Uh, and that's great, but we want to change that word member. We want to go to another word that we're going to call partner. So instead of joining and uh, becoming a member, we want to ask you to become a partner. It's the same kind of deal, but it's just an easier word and a better word for us to connect with. So Paul says in Philippians 1, verse 3 to 6, he says this, I thank my God. Every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And many of you who are members already, we're going to translate that, if you like, and you're going to become partners. We want to invite you to partner with us for purpose. But it may be for some of you, you're newer to us. 
Maybe, you know, you, you just joined Hagley or you at Brickhouse, uh, Rowley at Brickhouse there or here in Halzone and you're newer and you want to get involved. We would love you to think about becoming a partner with us and help us carry weight. Now, what does that mean? What does a partner mean? Well, there's a few words that I'm going to just open up for you this morning. One is to, you're going to live out the vision. You're, you're living out the vision and the values. And our vision is to build a church where unchurched people want to come and where believers can grow. Our values are we are missional, authentic, relational and generous. For us, church is church gathered and church scattered. So what you do out there in the world, living the values out, that's carrying weight. What you do here as you serve and minister, that is carrying weight. So you're living out the vision and values. Secondly, you're growing. You're taking responsibility for your spiritual life and you're growing. Listen, I can't say how many people have told me, you know, oh, what can you do to help me grow? Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm not getting fed and it isn't deep enough. And I want to say, grow up, get out of your high chair, you baby, because you've been a Christian for years. Your spiritual growth is your responsibility. What we do is we partner together for that. We partner, but our responsibility is not your spiritual growth. Your spiritual growth is your responsibility. We will partner with you. We will help you and we will resource you. But your commitment is I'm gonna carry weight by growing in my relationship with Jesus and then belonging. And when you belong, you're in family and you don't easily walk away from family. And when you belong in family and you fall out, you work it out. You don't just bail out. That's what you do when you're committed, when you're a partner. One of the other words is inviting. You know, you're, you're carrying weight and you want to invite people. I love that about this church. We're an inviting church. We invite lots of people to events uh, and we invite lots of people to Alpha and we'll keep doing that because we want to say, hey, we found something in this relationship with God and we would love you to come and experience it for yourself. One of the other things that we do, and, and just on that, imagine if we all carried weight and we all invited someone on Easter Sunday. Um, I invited a guy that I'm, I'm going to the gym with or, or that I meet in the gym to, to, to uh, Christmas and I think I've told you this story and, and um, on the day that it snowed, uh, I came down at the first service and Andy came at the second. There was only one person that pitched up on that day that we had to postpone the thing and it was my friend, this guy that had walked all the way through the snow to get to church for the first time and so I saw him in the, in the gym the week after and I said, I didn't know that he'd turned up and I said, oh Roy, I'm really sorry if you were inconvenienced, you know, we, we had to postpone the, the, the uh, Christmas Christmas event and he said oh I know I came and I just walked through the snow and I oh I'm sorry so but we're doing it again this week and he said I'll come and so he came again and and that that Sunday it rained like horrendously and he came and then I was in the gym with him last week and we were talking about this and he was saying how much he enjoyed it. and I just felt the Holy Spirit say invite him again so I invited him to Easter and he's got a ticket and he's coming I just hope there's not a hurricane or something else do you know what I mean because he, he's like being through the snow being through the rain it's getting biblical do you know what I mean like pestilence of flies or whatever. I hope that isn't the case. But uh, there's nothing special about me. We could all do that. We could all invite. And as Mark Greenwood reminded us on Tuesday night, you know, 20% of people are, are open to an invite. So one in five. So maybe if we all said, hey, I'm going to invite five people, maybe one of them would come. Imagine what would happen if we all did that. What spiritual impact could happen if we all did that? That's what partnering is all about. That's what partnering is all about. One of the other words I think is protecting. When you partner and you commit, you're going to protect the unity of the community. You're going to protect the reputation. You know, how many of you are British? Okay, 
Lots of us are. Not all of us are, I know that. There's something about being British that you're very down on your own culture, but when anyone else criticises you, you're up for it. And I, I'm like that around the world, you know what I mean? Like I can say anything about being British, but if somebody else is not British and says it, and, I'm, and there's something about that protecting the community and fighting for that. Um, also, I think giving is really important, and that includes financial giving as well. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. If we say we love God, if we say we love the vision of this church, we cannot say that without giving of our finance being a massive part of that as well. And then finally, serving. And this is the one I want to talk about this morning. Andy Stanley is a a guy that I listen to a lot and read a lot of his books. He says, if you devote yourself to more than yourself, you have more to show for yourself than yourself. We've got to to get out of our self-obsessed, me, individualistic culture, which is draining us of this incredible life and joy of giving and serving beyond yourself. And as a way to kind of tell that a little bit differently this morning, I thought I'd use a different kind of way of doing it. And so I, I want to I tell you a story, and I need a little bit of help for this, okay? Uh, well, I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it now. And as it was his 18th birthday, just over the weekend, I'd like Nathan Plymouth to come and join me on stage. Thank you very much. And um, Thomas, let's have Thomas. Come on, Thomas. You can come as well. And then I'll go, I'll go a little older, okay, a little older, but no offence. For someone who's very used to this and who gets kids to do it all around the country and all around the world, Julian Walton, would you come and join me? Thank you very much. Round of applause. So Nathan, if you could stand here. Okay, you, you don't need to be very... And Julian, if you could go at the end, that would be great. I'm going to tell you the story of the little red hen. Anyone know the story of the little red hen? Okay, I'm really old. There's just... No, there's hardly anybody. This is an old Russian fable. And it's an incredibly important story. And they used to tell this story as talking about work ethic and a lot of other values. And in the story, there's three, there's four characters. There's a little red hen, but there's also a pig. So now it's it's meant for a child and I've got to use it at Hagley. So be very careful when you put that on. There's also a duck and I couldn't get a duck, but the chicken, that'll have to be. And then there's a cat, okay? Now here's the thing. These guys have got a line that they've got to say, okay, in this story. And the line is very simple. It's not I, all right? So they haven't rehearsed it, but I think they can, get, I think they can do that. Do you think they can do that? Let's see. So, so the pig says... Not I. They haven't got any microphone. So the pig says... Not I. Fantastic. And the duck? Not I. Great. And the cat? Not I. It's good, good. Round of applause there. It's good. Okay. Now, we're going to tell the story, and every time I come to you, that's your line. But then there's a twist at the end, because your line will change. But we'll get to that. All right, Nathan? You're looking good. Looking good there. Okay. So once upon a time, there was a little red hen. She lived, or he lived, with a pig, a duck, and a cat. They all lived in a pretty little house, which the little red hen liked to keep clean and tidy. The little red hen worked hard at her jobs all day. The others never helped. Although they said they meant to, they were all far too lazy. The pig liked to grunt in the mud outside. Grunt. <laughs> yeah, okay. The duck used to swim in the pond all day and the cat enjoyed lying in the sun purring. One day, the little red hen was working in the garden when she found a grain of corn. Who will plant this grain of corn, she asked. Not I. Grunted the pig. Not I. Quacked the duck. Not I. M- meowed the cat. I nearly forgot then, okay. 
So the little red hen went to look for a nice bit of earth, scratched it with her feet and planted the grain of corn. During the summer, the grain of corn grew. First it grew into a tall green stalk, then it ripened in the sun until it turned into a lovely golden colour. The little red hen saw that the corn was ready for cutting. Who will help me cut the corn? Asked the little red hen. Not I. Grunted the pig. Not I. Quacked the duck. Not I. Meowed the cat. Oh, well, very well. I'll cut it myself, said the little red hen. Carefully, she cut the stalk and took out all the grains of corn from the husks. Who will take the corn to the mill so that it can be ground into flour? Asked the little red hen. Not I. Grunted the pig. Not I. Yeah, there was a little more passion at the first stage. Could you put a bit more into it, boys? Is that all right? And finally. Not I. Okay, getting better. Meow the cat. So then the little red hen took the corn to the mill herself and asked the miller if he'd be so kind as to grind it into flour. In time, the miller sent a little bag of flour down to the house where the little red hen lived with the pig and the duck and the cat. Who will help me make this flour into bread? Asked the little red hen. Not I. Better, Nathan. Not I. Better. Not I. Oh, it's getting there now. It's getting there now. Well, the little red hen said, no worries. So the little red hen did it all herself. And so she took the flour and she put it in the oven and she baked this amazing loaf of bread. And when the oven opened, the smell of fresh bread filled the whole house. It was amazing. Who is going to eat this bread with me? Asked the little red hen. Then it changed to, I will. I will. I will. I will. The little red hen said, no, you won't. <laughs> oh, no, you won't. You're getting the point of it. Because all the time that I was trying to do the work, none of you wanted to do it. None of you wanted to carry the weight. None of you wanted to, but when the bread comes, you all want to eat the bread. And there is the message in a very great story. Let's put our hands together. So thank you very much. Nathan's looking evil eyes at me there, but never mind. I hope you get that whole kind of picture. And I think what we want to think is, what would it be like if all of us carried weight? Because we want to eat the bread, but we're not sometimes willing to do all the other stuff that you have to do in order for the bread to come out of the oven. And I want to look at two perspectives. I want to look at God's perspective, a divine perspective. We're going to look at a little bit of theology, and then we're going to look at a human perspective this morning. So let's look at a God perspective. What does God say about it? One of the most famous passages of Scripture around the whole thing of servanthood is in, is in Philippians. If you can put it up, please, Josh. And, um, and Paul says, says this uh, in Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, and I'll talk about those words in a moment, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. At the end of the service, we're going to take communion together and we'll remind ourselves of what Jesus did on the cross. But have you ever thought about this? The creator of the universe made himself part of the creation. The creator of the universe, who created everything, became it and your servant. It's an incredibly mind-blowing concept. And my question is, if we're to have the same attitude and mindset of Jesus, here's the question. Did Jesus act like a servant? Did he do servant things or did it go deeper than that? Well, when you look at the language that Paul uses, a little bit of Greek, and I only know a little bit of Greek, will help us. In verse 6, the word for being, who being in the very nature of God, is not a common word. It means essence that cannot be changed. 
In other words, this is not just who he was this day. This cannot be changed. This is the essence of who Jesus is. And then the word nature or form in verse six and seven, there are two Greek words for the word nature or form. One is the word morphe, which is constant in form. One is the word schema, which is a changeable thing. Let me give you an example. Human being, okay? These three girls in the front row, they're human beings, right? That if you were to say their form, is there a human being? Then that word, the constant word is human being would be uh, morphe. But if you use the word schema, you could say, well, well, as a human being, you can be a baby, you can be a child, you can be a teenager, you can be an adult. Your form can change. Are you, are you with me? When Paul uses the word here for Jesus, he doesn't use the changeable word, he uses the constant word. Jesus' form, that's who he is. Jesus didn't do certain things, that's who he is. His nature is this. He's not just appearing there. Today, I'm going to be a servant. Do you know, that's not who Jesus is. This is who he is. This is who Jesus is, who being in very nature God. This is who God is. When I first came into the things of the Holy Spirit and went to Spring Harvest for the first time, 1984, I was two. No, I was older than two. 1984, Graham Kendrick wrote, wrote a song, The Servant King. Anyone remember that song? Some of you might remember. This is our God the servant king. This is who he is. It's not what he does, it's who he is. And we should have the same attitude and mindset of him. And then you get this beautiful thing in Philippians 2 where what I call the inverted V. It starts with Jesus who being in very nature God. So you can't get any higher than that. He made himself nothing. He humbled himself even to death on a cross right at the bottom. And then it says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Gave him the name that is above every name. That is his name. Every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's like he started here. He went right down here and God raised him up. We should be the same. We flip it the other way around. We start that in. We want to get high, don't we? We want to get up to the top. We want to get at the highest position. But Jesus, who was at the highest position, became lowest and God raised him up. Let me say this. If you're too big to serve, you are way too small to lead in the kingdom of God. Martin Luther King said, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. And then Paul uses the phrase in a few verses later, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and will rejoice with you. That word poured out is a word kenosis. It's like it's like being poured out. It's a kenotic act. Jesus, God is always kenotic. He's always pouring himself out. A creation, he pours himself out. Uh, at the incarnation, he pours himself out. On the cross, he pours himself out. At Pentecost, he pours himself out. And Paul says, I want to be like that as well. Because God has poured himself out into me. I want to pour myself out for him and for other people. That's what the Bible says. That's the teaching that we should have that attitude and we should be looking to carry away and to serve as Jesus did. Now let me give you a human perspective. And I just want to give you some statements this morning. When everyone serves, everyone gets served. Have you noticed that? So often in church, it's the same in family. Everyone wants to be served. So I want you to feed me. Here's the thing. When everyone wants to feed others, everybody will get fed. When everyone looks to give, everybody will receive. But when everyone looks to receive, nobody gets to receive because we're all looking to receive. We've got to flip that round. Our culture is the wrong way up. We've got to be people who say, hey, when everyone serves, then everyone will get served. Secondly, when everyone serves, everyone gets built up. 
Ephesians 4, verse 15 to 16, um, uh, Paul says, instead, speaking the truth in love, will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is a theology. There is a, the church is like a body as well as a family. And there's each part, we've got a part to play. And when we play our part, we all grow. We all get built up. When everyone serves, everyone gets a greater sense of belonging. Serving is one of the best ways to belong. You know, we're hearing that like in Hagley at the moment and, uh, and in Rowley Brickhouse where, where pe- people are, and they're saying this to us. We're not saying it. They're saying to us, as a Christian, I, I sat on a seat and I just, did the th- I just didn't do anything with my faith. But, but now that I'm serving a lot and I'm getting involved and I'm on mission and I'm on purpose, my faith is growing, my expectation is growing, my relationship with Jesus is growing and I've got a greater sense of belonging. And when you serve, you have this greater sense of belonging. Lewis Smeads, who's a, who's a writer, he said, commitment gives us a small island of certainty in an uncertain world. And I wanna say to you this morning, in an uncertain world, when you say, I'm gonna commit, and I'm going to serve. You get that small island of certainty, which is so important. And then here's another one that I thought about. When everyone serves, every shade, colour and nuance gets expressed. And in my mind, and I love the church for this reason, that when, when, when you're a body of people, you're, there's like so much variety and difference, but in unity. So you get different colours and different backgrounds and different experiences and and you get people at different parts of society together. When you play your part, it's like you have a part of the jigsaw puzzle. When you don't play your part, we don't get the full picture. But when you do, every shade and colour and nuance gets expressed. And finally, when everyone serves, guys, we become unstoppable. One of my favourite stories is in Genesis chapter 11. And uh, it's the story of the Tower of Babel. And it's these guys uh, right at the beginning of the Bible and they're trying to make a tower to reach up to heaven because they want to be like God. So their motive is terrible, okay? Uh, And then God comes down and He confuses them because He doesn't want this to happen. But He makes a really interesting observation. And this is an observation that's true no matter what you're doing, whether it's good or bad. And He says this, If as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. You see, when everyone serves, we become unstoppable. And I am absolutely convinced that all that God needs for us as a church is here. We just need to get it going. When we get it going, we become unstoppable. And I think the vision goes further, faster. So the question I have for you as we kind of come towards a close and come towards communion is, are you carrying weight? You know, we felt as a leadership team that the season that we've been in very much has been about getting this building sorted out, getting Hagley sorted out. You know, then then the the, uh, Rowley Brickhouse thing came along and so responding to that. But we really feel God is saying that the theme for this year is building bigger people because buildings ain't going to change the world, but people will. People will. And so my question to you is, are you willing to carry weight? And if this is the church that you want to be a part of, are you willing to get involved? And then as I was thinking about, well, why don't we? I had what I think is revelation. And, I, and God gave me this picture of a war. 
And, and I've heard God say that there are walls in front of many of us and we can't seem to break through the wall. And then I asked God, I said, what does, what's the wall made of? And he gave me all these things really, really quickly. And I'm gonna use this this week and next week. And the first brick in the wall is teaching. We just haven't had the teaching. Or we just haven't listened to the teaching and we need to rectify that. And that's our responsibility. But also your responsibility to go and read what the Scriptures say about this whole subject. But then the second brick in the wall is heart issues. And this is where it gets a little bit closer to home. Many people won't carry weight, not because they don't know the truth, but because there's something wrong with their heart. And that's between you and God. But then, but then I felt God say there's a third thing, and this is past experiences. And we've all had past experiences, haven't we? Where we've, Maybe where you've been in a situation where you've gone to serve and you, you've done something and it hasn't worked out well or you got burnt out or somebody upset you or disappointed you or let you down. And so because of that, you've built another brick in the wall. And you've said, I'm not going to carry weight. I've been there. I've done that. I've got the T-shirt. I'm not going back again. How long are you going to stay behind that wall? Because the other side of the wall is where God wants you to be. And you can stay locked beyond your past experiences all the time. Or you can say, do you know what? The past is the past and I'll deal with it by pressing through it and going to a different tomorrow. And then I felt God say there's another issue as well in the war and that's current circumstances. So some of you, you're in current circumstances which make it really difficult for you to get involved. And we understand that. Maybe you've got a partner who's not yet a Christian. Maybe you're in a situation where you're, you're, you're a carer. You know, one of the things about women in our society, often they are the carers in our society. And that's very difficult then to get involved as much as you want. And we understand that and so does God. And maybe there's ways you can think, well, I can't get fully involved. You know, someone came to me at the end of the first service who was here. In fact, she was a teenager with Margaret Hill, the lady that prayed the prayer that started this church. This lady in our church was a teenager with Margaret at school. And she said to me, and I didn't know this, she said in the 70s, Margaret was a carer and was, uh, had some health issues. She could hardly get out of the house. She could hardly go to church. But she said, God, what can I do for you in your kingdom? And God said, you can pray. And so she prayed and she prayed this church into being. So maybe your current circumstances are, oh, well, I can't get involved. But rather than say, well, I can't do anything. Maybe you say, God, what can I do? Maybe I'm restricted, but in the restriction, maybe you can give me something that I can do to help carry weight. And then the final one is um, uncertain processes. We just don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. It's not that we don't know the teaching. It's not that our heart's not right. It's not that we're not willing to press through the past or, or deal with the current. We just don't know what to do. Well, that's why we want to help you. So on your seat this morning, we've uh, produced one of these, which is a nice coloured Life Central church. And on the other side, it just says get involved. I want you to look at it for a moment. And what I want to do is in a moment, we're going to take communion. And we're going to invite you to come and to take communion and to remind yourself of the canotic love of God, the poured out love of God who pours himself out, not as an act, but as who he is. And as we receive again from him, we want to give you an opportunity to respond and maybe just to tick one of those boxes there. And if you're not sure about any of those and you think, well, I want to get involved, I want to carry weight, but none of them are really me, then just tick other and we'll talk with you, okay? Because we want to make it easy for you to get involved. This is not so that you can do something for us. This, we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. But when we all serve and we all carry weight, we all get to express the gifts that God has given us. We all get to paint the bigger picture and we all become unstoppable in the hands 
of God. So I'm going to invite the band if they'll come back up. And as I was preparing this, I thought, yeah, there's those of you that aren't yet involved, maybe you're new, maybe, maybe you were involved, but you, you, you put it down, you, you, you dropped carrying the weight, or you got hurt and you went behind the wall. But I also felt God say this, but please say something to all those who are carrying weight. And to all of you who are carrying weight, I think God wants to say, and I wanna say thank you. What you do makes a massive difference to the vision and the ministry of this church. And it means that we get the opportunity to reach out to kids and young people and adults and elderly people and introduce them to a life-changing relationship with God. We couldn't do that if you didn't carry weight. You couldn't do that if you didn't carry weight. And so I wanna say thank you. Secondly, keep going, keep going. Thirdly, make sure you breathe and you receive as well as you give out. And fourthly, don't ever forget what you do does not define you who you are defines you. Make sure what you do flows out of who you are. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you so much that you loved us so much that you poured out your love. You poured it out at creation. You poured it out with the incarnation when Jesus came as a baby. You poured it out on the cross. You poured it out at Pentecost. And you are still pouring out your love for us. You are a servant. And Lord, now as we come and do what millions of Christians will do all across the world, as we do what millions and millions of Christians have done all through time, the last 2,000 years, we are joining in with this cosmic remembrance sacrament of taking the bread and taking the juice and reminding ourselves that you loved us so much that you gave and that you give. And Lord, when you first said, do this in remembrance of me, after the meal, you got up and you served. You washed the other disciples' feet. Even the one who betrayed you. Even the one who um, denied you. Even the one who doubted you. You did that for all of them. Lord, you're, you don't just do certain things. That's who you are. And God, I pray that as we eat and drink this morning, you'll remind us that this is who we want to be also. Because we want to emulate the, the one in whom we have placed our trust and our love. And so Lord, now as we take communion, God, as we respond, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with gratitude and that we would serve not out of compulsion or out of guilt, but out of a love and out of a gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.